for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! All right, welcome into the Blitz podcast. My name is Jaden Kozak. I've got Tyler North with me here today. Both Mitchell and Kane are out, so it's just me and Tyler today. Tyler, how are you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. Getting ready for uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, you know, nothing huge planned on my end, but, you know, Thanksgiving comes a lot of football, so that's going to be great to sit down and watch. I know we've got some games on tap. Um, maybe we'll get some exciting games. Who knows? But uh, other than that, yeah, still – Living in the uh, the post Packer win Sunday that that the Vikings had that I'm very very ecstatic about. Uh, it was kind of a season um, season saving win, I guess you can say, to at least keep hopes alive for the playoffs. So um, yeah, doing doing great. Uh, like I said, just just getting ready for the holiday. Yeah, I was about to say I'd imagine you're riding high after Sunday, and I can't wait to glue myself to the television to watch Bears Lions on Thanksgiving. That's going to be fun. Lions first win. Here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But first, we're going to talk about this Monday Night Football game that just concluded. We got Bucks Giants. Bucks win 30 to 10. Uh, this is one that I'd imagine everybody saw coming. I mean, the Buccaneers are just a better team and they've lost two straight. So Tom Brady is pissed off and he comes out 307, two touchdowns. Mike Evans, six catches, 73 and a touchdown. And Gronk, I don't know what it was. The Brady and Gronk connection looked great tonight. I this is Gronk's first game back, correct? Um, yes. Uh, yeah. I think he came back for like a quarter, maybe for one game, maybe a quarter and a half yeah. before the Washington game. I think that Saints game, yeah, he was he was back technically for that Saints game, but I don't think he ever registered a catch. So this was his first actual game healthy back. Yeah, and he, and he looked really good. Like I felt like he was targeting him a lot. I mean, he only had seven targets, but I don't know. It felt more than that to me. Uh, but the Buccaneers won this game in pretty convincing fashion. I mean, if Blaine Gabbert finishes the game, that's how you know that that was a pretty solid win. So question I ask you is, are the Bucs back to being the best team in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think that they really went anywhere in the sense. Like, I mean, they had a little speed bump losing to Washington and losing to New Orleans. Um, but, I mean, this game was kind of a yawn fest. That's literally what I put. I was like, this is just a, a doozy of a game. Nothing nothing that – I mean, I was watching the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning uh, telecast, and even they were like, we need Julian Edelman to come in and save this broadcast in the fourth quarter because uh, there's not a lot of exciting things going on. But, yeah, I think that – this was a standard, oh, let's get back on track, time to time to win this game. Uh, and they did so in convincing fashion. Like you said, I mean, six for 71 for Gronk, but they didn't even play in the fourth quarter, really. So you, you think you do that through three quarters um, definitely shows promise because I think this offense was really struggling without that third threat out, outside of Evans and Godwin. You know, Antonio Brown had been out for numerous, game, numerous games, and we don't know when or if he's going to be back at any point this season. And then Gronk, you know, he had been out for, I don't know, five, six, seven weeks as well. So to have that third presence, I think really uh, sets the dynamic 
for this offense that they're going to be in that upper echelon of offensive teams. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, I don't think that they really went anywhere. I think they were looming there right there, but uh, I, I don't think that this win tells me anything really. You know, I, I think that they're still there among the best in the NFC. I don't think that they really separated themselves in this game, but I don't think obviously this didn't hurt them. It just was a standard win that you had to have on in, in prime time. And, and that's what we got. Yeah. I, it's just like, where they had lost two games and all they had a bye week in between those. So you had three weeks to think about like, man, they haven't won a game in almost a month now. So like you, they kind of fall to the back of your mind, but every team has like been losing. Like every other top team has dropped at least one game in that three week stretch. So like, you know, maybe I don't, I guess this win being one of the only top teams to win this week, they've got to be at number one. I think I'm probably going to put them, at one in the power rankings, especially with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins still not being 100% good to go for Arizona. Um, and the Bucks are almost fully healthy, I believe. Well, not not Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins unhealthy. Yeah, they're I mean, they've Tom Brady and they'll be fine. Antonio Brown's been hurt, like we said. Um, Ali Marpet got hurt in this game, yeah. which could be a big loss. Vita Vea uh, was out of this game as well. So, I mean, there are some injuries. Um, don't get me wrong. Every team's got their injuries. But yeah. for the most part, they're, they're star-studded. But that's the thing with the Bucs is everywhere is star-studded. You know, they brought back pretty much every player from that Super Bowl-winning team. So, to have any injuries, you're going to include star-studded players. But to the significance that it could be with another team is not like the Bucs. Yeah, and, and Steelers legend Steve McClendon got a pick tonight. Just want to point that out. <laughs> got to throw that one in there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, Brady, you know, started this game for 10 for 10. Um, Mike Evans had, you know, a touchdown. I think that actually puts Evans as the most touchdown receptions in Bucks history. I think he passed Mike Allstott tonight. And he made sure to keep that ball and not give it away like he did with Brady's <laughs> yeah. 600 touchdown. But uh, also Tom Brady, man, had a 10-yard rush. That is more rushing. He had more rushing yards on that run than he has the last two seasons combined in the regular season. That's nuts. That it was. I heard it. and I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" But yeah, because he never rushes and, I mean, yeah, and sometimes like he'll kneel it. Sneaks and stuff. Yeah. But when he kneels, he gets negative yards. So um, yeah, I, I heard that stat and I was like, "Holy shit, that's absolutely ridiculous." But yeah, I, like I said, not not much. I mean. Giants have now lost 10 straight primetime games. How about that? Uh, that's such a, a terrible stat to have. In primetime? Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about it. Um, and, uh, you know, both New York teams, I, I mentioned in here, both New York teams the last five years have gone 500 every year. So that's 0 for 10 in chances to go above 500. The best finish was a 7-9 year by the Jets in 2019. That's absolutely terrible. Yeah. And uh, I saw another stat during Monday Night Football. Their three and six start through nine games is the Giants' best start since 2016. They haven't won more than three games past the midway point in five seasons now. That is not good at all. Also, I just want to talk about real quick, Brady, it felt, and I know that the Giants don't exactly have a star-studded pass rush, but it felt like all night if he couldn't get to his first or second read, he had more than enough time to look down every single possible player that could catch a pass for the box. Like he had like seven, eight seconds, multiple times tonight. Well, ridiculous. not only that, but you look on the other side of the ball and the bucks were able to get pressure with three guys. That should never happen. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones should be sitting in that pocket waiting and, and picking his targets on that. I mean, he, you know, he, he shouldn't be getting, 
pressured like he was with three guys rushing the quarterback. That, that, that just shouldn't happen. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, let me ask you this. Do you think Joe, Joe Judge gets fired? I don't know. It's tough because this team has had a lot of injuries. And like we talked about a little bit before, the last time they were fully healthy, they beat the Saints in New Orleans. So, like, there is some – I mean, you could definitely make a case for him getting fired because he hasn't had any success since he's been there. But I don't know if he's had the team to put them in, you know, a position for success. I mean, they almost made the playoffs last year. Like, they were, like, right there. Granted, it's the NFC East and, you know <laughs> – Everybody more was than, in it. More than half the league makes the playoffs in that division. But, you know, they were kind of in position. I just think, you know, if there's an obviously better coaching option out there, you go get him. If not, probably rock with Joe Judge. But one problem with the Giants is they have a glorified wide receiver in Andrew Thomas playing left tackle. <laughs> that was great to see. Andrew though, Thomas yeah. touchdown catch tonight. What? As I I'm sit there with Saquon Barkley. And I'm like, I need six points, and they're sitting at the five, and then they run a play action to Andrew Thomas. That was not that was not fun. But just touch on the Giants real quick. Daniel Jones, one sixty-seven, a touchdown and two picks. Saquon Barkley, his first game back since he tweaked his ankle running into Anthony Brown in Week Five. Six carries, twenty-five yards. Six catches, thirty-one yards. Leading receiver Kadarius Tony, seven catches for forty yards. As of the end of tonight the end of week 11 the giants currently hold picks five and six we talked about it a little bit and i'm like we've talked about this not being a great quarterback class but what do you they've got to use one of those picks on like a extremely valuable position like they, I, I i haven't i haven't have you dove into it and and looked at like mock drafts for next year like who's going to be available at that five six mark like are we talking matt corral is, are we talking malik wills I, I think that there is a very solid chance especially with the teams that are in front of them uh that there is at least one quarterback available like i'm looking at a mock draft right now can he pick it maybe i don't know i'm looking I mean, at they've got like Derek stingley um Jeez, oh, the, at... the tackle from NC State. Yeah, he's pretty good as well. The, the yeah. offensive I mean, lineman from Thibodeau, Iowa. Thibodeau is going to go one in all likelihood. That's all I've seen, even though I'm looking at a mock draft right now that has Malik Willis at one to the Lions. I don't wow. see that happening. But Thibodeau at one. Uh, one of Sting, probably Stingley and Hutchinson go two and three, unless one of those first two or three teams go quarterback. And then you've got Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Uh, DeMarvin Leal, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. And then the there's, quarterbacks there's, are there there's too. Talent. The, I, I agree. Like there's talent there. Like I love Kyle Hamilton at Notre Dame. I think he's phenomenal. Um, and that's a guy that can absolutely help you out, but they just drafted Xavier McKinney. So I don't know yeah. if they're going to And it's weird because direction. this is, this is a team that uses three safeties a lot. So, you know, if you, if he's there, you've got two first round picks in the top six if the if the season ended today you could definitely take a shot at a safety that's going to be supposed to be anyway like all pro potential like Kyle Hamilton and you know maybe look to move on from Major Brill Peppers who's going to be coming off of a season ending injury I believe uh or like a Julian Love Logan Ryan I don't I think he's like a cornerback safety hybrid but. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're gonna go. Like, you know, we've talked about how bad of a quarterback class it is, and it's like, you know, if Matt Corral's there, is that are are you gonna go with Matt Corral as? Yep, this is my guy for the next ten years. This is our because Daniel Jones isn't gonna yield 
I mean, what does he yield in the trade market after this season? If you try and do like what the Jets did, where they they're going to take a quarterback, so then you move on from Darnold. What does Daniel Jones yield if Darnold is worth a second round pick? See, I don't know because because like, I'm not. I will not trade a first round pick for Daniel Jones. Yeah, man, the primetime thing is such a, a negative. But like he, you know, we've talked about it. like he hasn't had a situation where it's benefited him like in in such a positive. Like the playmakers around him, the coaching. It's just been a bad situation all around for Daniel Jones. So, And if everyone was healthy, I mean, you put out a list of Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay, uh, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. That's a damn good group of receivers. Granted, the offensive line is atrocious. But if everyone's healthy, you can't think of too many excuses as far as playmakers go for Daniel Jones. And I don't know. It's really tough. He's definitely like a below average quarterback. Yeah, but, I, I, but to, like to what extent, you know, that's the question. But I mean, I don't think that they can pay him or anything. Oh, I, no. And I still the think thing. they're a year or two. I think they have one more after this season. Like this offseason is like the Baker, Lamar, Josh Allen. And the next one would be when Daniel Jones would get paid, if I'm not mistaken. Right. With Dan, Dwayne Haskins. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that. I, I don't know where the Giants go. Um, like you said, they they're they're now three and seven. So obviously playoffs are shot. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in the draft because that's all that they've got to be looking forward to at this point um, in the season. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on to our next game, and this is Sunday Night Football. It's Steelers thirty-seven, Chargers forty-one. This was the battle between me and Mitchell. Um, Steelers really did make this close as the final score indicates we made it close at the end and we had a complete blown coverage of Mike Williams for them to go get a go ahead touchdown with about three and a half minutes left in the game. And then we go backwards three straight times on the game winning drive that finished at our own three. Uh, Just, just gonna, just gonna talk for a second here. Um, Despite what Mitchell has led me to believe or has said to everyone here that it wouldn't have mattered who we had then we still would have lost we did not have kevin dotson we did not have tj watt we did not have minka fitzpatrick we did not have stefan to still we did not have joe hayden there were a lot of guys that we were missing in this game tj watt would 100 prevent justin herbert from getting almost 100 yards rushing what um and keep him in that pocket and I mean, this was a four-point game. How many how many games are we going to score 37 points and lose? Like, how many times is the Steelers going to do that? I I don't know. Uh, ben Osberger is really, like, I wouldn't say, like, silencing all of his critics, but he is certainly playing better football than he was at the beginning of the season. He finishes with 273 and three touchdowns in this game. Najee Harris gets 12 carries, 39 yards and a touchdown, five catches for 20. I, he, I think he went out early fourth quarter and then he came back for like the final drive they were worried about a concussion because he took a elbow to the helmet that wasn't called uh Deontay Johnson gets seven catches for 101 and a touchdown (sighs) to you as a non-biased person did this prove anything about the Steelers going forward I don't know because the Steelers did have two drives that started inside the twelve. 
via the block punt and via and, the yeah. interception. So you leave short fields. I mean, that's two touchdowns. And granted, you know, you get short fields like that, take advantage of them, um, which defense special teams is, you know, two of the other three phases of the game outside of offense. Um, you know, Najee getting hurt, I don't think that that's something to, you know, really worry about because yeah. it's a concussion. It's not like it's a long-term injury. If he's out, it's going to be one more week at most, and then it he'll be does. back probably. Um, it does but, scare me to death every time, though, when he tries to fight for yards. And, like, I don't know if he's, like, trying to prove a point, like, you can't tackle me. Right. And just, like, stand up because they can't tackle him. But eventually someone's going to break his leg. Like, it happened, almost happened early in that game because he just, like, tries to, like, stand up and fight for those extra yards every time. And I'm just like, ah. Right. You almost want to just say, like, all right, just. That's enough. And, <laughs> and, he'll, and, and, and maybe that's rookie running back you know it's just like rookie quarterbacks taking hits like that um similar situation where it's just like hey just take your yards and then go down like don't don't try and try to get extra yardage get hurt you you know you're going to get hurt doing that and that's what we've seen from not only him but multiple quarterbacks and multiple players uh in previous years as well so um I, i i don't have you know too much concern with the Steelers D like you said, they were without a bunch of their playmakers. So I think that that side of the ball will be fine. I still wonder with this offense, you know, if you're shutting down Najee, can big Ben have these big games? I know that you said 273. obviously two of those drives were, were really short drives. Um, but they, you know, they, they did what they had to do to not only stay in this game, but at the end, win the game. Uh, they just came up a little bit short, but yeah, I, I think the Steelers are going to be right there, you know, for the wild card, maybe the division, you know, they've got the games against the Ravens here coming up soon. So um, those are going to be crucial games as far as their chances, not only in the wild card, but the division as well, because they kind of control their own destiny. If you, if you look at it to win the division um, even after this loss, but you know, the chargers 533 yards to 300 yards, uh, you know, in comparison with the Steelers, total opposite game plans. Um, and then Herbert, you mentioned the rushing yards, fifth quarterback in NFL history with 300 plus passing yards and 90 plus rushing yards in the same game. Absolutely ridiculous. How good of a game he had. Um, Chargers and Vikings, mirror images of each other. Five of the six Chargers wins have been fourth quarter comeback wins. And these are just those two teams are, do the same exact thing week in and week out. They'll be in every game. They might not win every game, but they might win half the games, which is pretty much what does happen. So, um, yeah, just absolutely crazy game um, because I don't think anybody was really expecting a shootout of that sort. Um, you know, it might have had some points, but not like that. It was it was a great game to watch from an unbiased fan perspective, and I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Austin Eckler with four touchdowns um, in the game trying to call Jonathan Taylor after what he did against the Colts, but yeah, great. I mean, a great Sunday night game, much better than the Monday night game. Um, I don't think that this really, once again, I don't think that this tells me an, a lot about either team in this regard. I think both teams are about where I anticipated. Maybe, you know, a little bit less on the defense but like you said everybody was hurt for the Steelers so I I can't really take much away from this game from a defensive perspective yeah and like you said Herbert is nuts I like I hated him last night but I I love him dude he's he is so good he's gonna be so good I don't see I mean there's a realistic chance that he is the best quarterback in the league in two to three years he is nuts like and he's like getting there mentally to the point where like it's not like he's making boneheaded plays anymore he's not making rookie mistakes anymore he's got all the arm talent he's huge he can run clearly 90 yards on a touchdown for justin herbert he finishes with 382 
in the air and three touchdowns. Austin Eckler, again, trying to do his best Jonathan Taylor impersonation, 11 for 50 on the ground with two touchdowns, and then six for 65, two touchdowns. Austin Eckler is one, like, fantasy aside, because um, obviously he's fantastic, if, if, especially if you play in a PPR league. Um, I don't know where to rank Austin Eckler because he doesn't run the ball fantastic, but he he's great out of the backfield as far as, you know, receiving goes. It just like 11 for 50, like that's, those are okay. He, but he gets in the end zone four times. So yeah, I mean, that's so much five yards, so much five yards carry, but like, yeah, they don't, they don't utilize him in the run. Like they use round tree more than they use Eckler in the running game. Uh, Even I guess Justin Jackson a little bit too. Um, This game, there were six possessions in the first half, excluding the, the final play for the Steelers. That was a kneel with two seconds left. And in the second half, there were 14 drives, excluding the final possession, Neil. So it was absolutely ridiculous. The first game, the first uh, half was methodical drives, getting points. Neither team punted in the first half. Um, and then I think there might have been like one, maybe two punts. One of them got blocked in this game. So it was, you know, great job by the offenses, I thought. You know, it was great game plan um, on both offensive between who's the uh, Chargers offensive coordinator? I don't know off the top of my head. I missed. Yeah, because I know Matt Canada's. I know Matt Canada's Steelers, but yeah. good, you know, good job on on both fronts there. But yeah, I think these teams are are right there. If this game's in Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh probably wins this game. So I mean, and realistic, realistically, that game was in Pittsburgh. Every every game yeah. the Chargers play is wherever their opponent is from. But it wasn't on Heinz Field. Oh yeah, and it's not forty degrees. Right. Big but, difference. Big difference. Yeah. And Keenan Allen also has a great day, nine catches for 112. So the question I have for the Chargers is, I don't even know if I want, are they the favorite in the AFC? Is that is that too early? I don't think so. I think that this rush defense is just, I, and I know Najee didn't have that great of a yeah, game, yeah. but like how they've been the, the rest of the season. And in even like this game, I mean, I know that they didn't give up a lot of yardage but like Steelers still put up 37 points like 37 points is 37 points and I'm not going to say the Steelers are in that upper echelon of offenses yeah. in, in football so like there's so many That's question annoying. marks on that charger on that chargers defensive side of the ball that no I do not put them as the AFC favorite I think they're a good team I think they can absolutely you know win a playoff game maybe two but um you know Her- Herbert on that stage I don't know. You know, that's, that's, that's a question that's waiting to be answered is what yeah. is Justin Herbert in the playoffs? Because, you know, Josh Allen struggled in his first playoff appearance, if not first couple playoff appearances. So um, yeah, I, I don't think that they're the favorites. I think they're in that group of wild card teams that could possibly win a game or two. Okay. Where do you have them? I don't know because like the chiefs are in there, but man, if like, I know the Ravens were without Lamar, but they almost lose to Chicago who is terrible the bills can't decide whether they want to be a good football team or not. The Titans have fallen from the throne that they should have never been on. That, may, that just makes me happy. I love well, it. And, and to my defense, I did say, I'm going to keep yeah. ranking them here until they lose. Yeah, and they finally they lost. Lose. So now I and put them at like, I don't know, 10, nine in yeah, the NFL, I'll probably that. Um, and then what are the other team? The Patriots look great right now. Uh, so Pierce. they're definitely in that mix. And then the entire AFC, and yeah, the Chiefs, obviously. And then the entire AFC North could very well be in it. But 
The, the, I was like licking my chops at the because as a Najee Harris fantasy owner in three out of four leagues that I'm in, I'm like licking my chops hearing about how bad the Chargers run defense is, and he finishes with 50 yards. So that was a little disappointing. And I was like, wow, this run defense looks perfectly fine. Where is this run defense that allows 160 yards a game? I know. They, they literally they night. they they clearly said we're gonna make ben, Big Ben beat us. We're not gonna let Najee beat us. Um, but yeah, I think the the one good thing that the Chargers do have is they have already beaten the Chiefs, so they do have the game advantage over the Chiefs. And um, they did it in KC, so now right. They so they get them at home. Although, like yeah. you said, how much of a home game is it really for the Chargers? But yeah, no, I think that playoffs definitely in the realm. I just I don't see them as the best team in this conference. Okay, well. Moving on to a team that could be the best team in this conference, the Chiefs. Cowboys get nine points against this supposedly putrid Chiefs defense. Chiefs finished with 19. Mahomes didn't have a great statistical game, but as like watching that game all the way through, he didn't play it bad by any stretch. 260 for an, with an interception, and I believe he had a fumble as well. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, go ahead, take your, take your lap. 12, 12 carry, 63 yards, a touchdown. Tyree Kill, nine catches, 77. Kelsey, five for 74, and he gets a rushing touchdown because, sure. Um, yeah, that's a crazy is, rushing touchdown for, for Kelsey. It was wild yeah. to watch that. Um, didn't think I'd be asking this at any point this season. Is the Chiefs defense, like, borderline about to become a strength? Dude, I said that. Uh, when, when I was discussing why I felt like the Chiefs were the best team, it was because the defense has showed up their last four games. So they got their ass kicked by the Titans the week before Halloween. And then they shut out the Titans in the second half. They were down 27 nothing, I think, at halftime, and then shut them out in the second half. Since then, they've allowed 17, 7, 14, and 9. Every game under at 17 points or less. So I was talking about how they've – one game's ugly, which is not normally what the Chiefs do. Normally, it's just like a shootout, and we're going to outscore our opponents. But finding these different ways to win gives not only the defense confidence, but it gives the offense confidence in saying, hey, we don't have to do everything. Yeah. Like They were like, hey, we put up 16 points, and we were up 16-3. I know they won 19-9, but they're like, we're up 16-3. I mean, we don't have to continue to do this. We can run the ball, milk the clock, try and get points, field goals, because we know we've got a defense now. And I talked about it. Melvin Ingram getting him has done so fucking much for this defense because not necessarily for him, but what it allows Chris Jones to do, because now Chris Jones moves inside. What did he do in this game? Three and a half sacks, a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. That's all pro type numbers right there. If I've ever heard him. So um, I love this chief's defense right now. I think it's playing great. I think it's oozing with confidence. And I know the offense came on in that Raiders game. I don't have, concerns i know mahomes had a fumble and a pick in this game but like i don't have many concerns because when that game's on the line i i feel like this chief's offense will step up to the plate and will produce when they need to yeah i i mean i i think many people would agree with me on this i feel like trust that chief's offense more than just about any offense in the league i'm i can't like i mean the one of the other ones that could be up there with them is the cowboys and they were awful um but yeah I th real quick side note, I think Melvin Ingram is a prime example of why uh, position players should not be able to pick their numbers because mm -hmm. since wearing a normal positional number of 54 in LA, that man wore number eight in Pittsburgh and is now wearing number 24 as an edge rusher. 
It definitely threw me for a loop. I was like, wait, the corner is on the edge. Oh, wait, that's Melvin Ingram wearing 24. Okay, that makes sense now. Not cool. Um, Moving on to the Cowboys. Micah Parsons had a good game. Yeah, number 11. I mean, I guess that's not that bad, but 24 for an edge rusher. That's disgusting. Uh, On to the Cowboys, though. Dak Prescott looked terrible. Though this was this was a game where the stats did tell the story: two sixteen, two picks, and two fumbles. Zeke couldn't get anything going running the ball. Tony Pollard looked very good though. Zeke though finishes nine, thir- nine rushes, thirty-two yards, six catches, thirty-six yards. Michael Gallup was the Cowboys' leading receiver with five catches, forty-four yards. Amari Cooper out with COVID, and Ceedee Lamb left this game right at halftime with a concussion. Uh, Amari Cooper is obviously going to be out for their game on Thursday with a with COVID, CeeDee Lamb's status is still questionable for Thursday, but I'd imagine they probably hold him out of that game just because it's a very short week. Um, this this did not this was not a very good game all around for the Cowboys. Uh, so I'm just going to throw it to you. What is the problem with the Dallas Cowboys right now? Yeah, well, I mean, if CD can't get cleared this week, this Cowboys offense suddenly looks pretty anemic without Cooper and without CD. It's a big concern because – Yes, you're playing the Raiders who have had every problem under the sun this year occur within their team and organization, Um, but they're still an NFL team. They're still the Raiders. We've seen this happen. And if you don't have CD and you don't have Cooper, that leaves you with Gallup. I think Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson. I don't really like my chances with those three receivers. And if your defense is, is giving up points, how do you expect to keep up? Because these teams are just going to pack the box and make Dak beat them with these quote unquote, probably no name receivers outside of Gallup. Um, so I, I, I think there's a lot of question marks if you can't get CD back and if you can't get Cooper back, um, you know, obviously Cooper's out this week. So I think you, I think you're right in that regard where they probably let them sit because even though the Eagles are starting to come on here and getting back into this NFC East race, possibly Cowboys have still got a very good cushion. So I don't know if they're going to risk something like that. Um, I don't think it's too concerning. I think they just ran into a buzzsaw and we talked about it, Jaden. The Chiefs have been getting so goddamn lucky with these COVID situations. Aaron Rodgers for a week. Then you get Amari Cooper this week. It's like really so the quote unquote best team in football, as people perceive for the last three years, gets all these other advantages. Like it just doesn't seem fair at times. But um, yeah, I, I don't have many concerns right now with the Cowboys. Um, I, I do have a question. Well, let me pass it to you. And then I've got a question in regards to the chiefs. You go ahead. Just shoot. Do you think the buy next week helps or hurts the chiefs? Ooh, I mean, they don't have any key injuries. I mean, if Clyde's back, they don't have any key injuries that like you're trying to heal up from. Right. Honestly, think it might hurt them just because right, you're rolling now. Right. Yeah. And that's my thing is it's like kind of the don't fix what isn't broken. And <clears throat> you see it sometimes in baseball where these teams try like they have such they're, they're on such a hot streak and then they stop and, and try and rest their starters or stuff like that. Or we see it in the NFL teams on a hot streak gets a first round buy that that bye week ends up hurting them instead of helping them. So um I think that, yes, it technically does because Clyde gets another week and some of these other guys can rest their injuries, ice up, do what they got to do. But like, yeah, you don't want to stop this trend right now because you're on a roll and you, you don't want to mess this up. So I, 
I think that it, it, it hurts him more than it helps him. I am a firm believer that you still got to get a loss out of the way. So you need to lose at least one more game before the playoffs start. Cause you don't want to go in with like a, a 10 or 11 game win streak. Cause chances that you continue that and get to the Super Bowl are very, very slim. So you got to break it up. But, um, but yeah, I, it was just something that I looked at. I was like, do you really want the buy right now? I don't, I don't know if you do. Yeah, they get the Broncos coming out of that buy. So I'll be there for that. Super hard. Hey, there you go. I will be there for that. I'll be I'll, actually, I'll probably be doing Instagram takeover for the uh, for the Blitz Pod on Instagram. So, so keep a lookout for that. But uh, yeah, yeah we, we got a whole party bus crew. It should be a great time. There you go. Well, speaking of great times for Tyler North. Let's Packers go. 31, Vikings 34, Kirk Cousins 341, three touchdowns. He's been playing excellent football recently. Dalvin Cook, 22 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. And Justin Jefferson looked like a legit top three, top four wide receiver in the NFL. Eight catches, 169 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I know you are extremely pessimistic on the Vikings, but do you think they make any noise, like serious, serious noise in the NFC? Yeah, I mean, they're right there with that other group of teams like the Saints, the Eagles now oh, come are, on. Are, are, in, are in this grouping here. I mean, yeah, I think that they do have a chance to make some noise. On paper, this team is a top 10 team. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know Daniel Hunter's hurt right now, but like you look at on the defensive side, even like Dalvin Tomlinson, Everson Griffin's been good, but cornerbacks when they're healthy between Peterson, Breland, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, Harrison Smith, Xavier Rhodes, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. Like there are playmakers. And then offensive, that speaks for itself between Dalvin, Jefferson, Thielen, and, and obviously Kirk's been great. The line always is going to give the Vikings troubles. It has ever since I've been a fan of the Vikings, and I don't think that that's ever going to stop. But um, they've got, you know, these are the, this is their schedule coming up at the 49ers, at the Lions. Uh, Steelers at home Thursday night at the bears on Monday night, the Rams at home in, in Minnesota at the Packers bears at home. So, I mean, there's winnable games in there, you know, bears, bears, lions, niners, Steelers, and then you get the Rams and the Packers. I mean, I would obviously say the Steelers and niners are ahead of the lions and the bears, but I mean, those, you know, you go five and two in those games, those seven games. Yeah. You gotta, you got a shot at making this this playoffs in the nfc absolutely i mean like we said it's i think the eagles are there the saints are there the niners are there um i'm trying to think of who well, else see i've kind of got like it's weird because i've got the vikings in their own tier because you have like the panthers top five, are in there the top five teams in the nfc which are packers cowboys cardinals rams and bucks those are like definitively better than the vikings but i would say that the vikings are almost definitively better than every team that you just mentioned, Saints, Panthers, Eagles. Like I, I, I'm not ready to put them in the top five, but I'm not ready to put them in this bottom five. So I think the Vikings are kind of like in this middle tier by themselves of like, I wouldn't say that there's no way that they don't get that wild card, but they're 100% the favorite that isn't cardinals rams one of those two right like, they're they they're should a, step be a lock up. for that six seed they're they're a step above mediocrity i yeah. that, that and that's the vikings as a franchise i mean this 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 season is a microcosm of the entire existence of the vikings this is exactly what they do it reminds me of maryland basketball it's the same shit different year it's like oh give me this hope you know we're we're gonna start three and five but then we're gonna win back-to-back games against the chargers and the packers you know we're gonna build your hope out and then we'll lose to the lions and then rip your heart out it's, oh, yeah. it's how it's, it's how it'll go but um 
no, I mean, like, this was a great win. I mean, I, I, I saw this game possibly as a winnable game. Um, the odds makers had it as a coin flip, basically. And people were like, oh, my God, Packers are going to win this game. Why is this coin flip? But the Vikings are in every game. Uh, six of their 10 games have been decided on the final snap of the game. And they're three and three in those games. The Vikings, here's a crazy stat for you. Vikings are the only team in the NFL to hold a lead of seven points or more in every single game. You've had a touchdown lead in every single game in your five and five. That should not be like that. Uh, Kirk, 21 touchdown, two picks on the year. Looks great. And um, AJ Brown, top five receiver, Kane, throw my boy Justin Jefferson in that top three. Not only the rest of the year, but possibly in the NFL. This man is balling out right now. Ever since Clint Kubiak came out and said, we need to get Jefferson the ball more. Oh my gosh, look what that does. Not only is it increasing his stats, but you win back-to-back games. Who would have ever thought that getting the ball to Justin Jefferson would be a recipe for success? I would have never imagined that. God, it's so aggravating with this team. Also, Zimmer was and and uh, and Kubiak were back at it again with the dumb play calling. They ran a fullback sweep on third and one right before half. Obviously got stopped, punted the ball to Rodgers. Rodgers goes down, scores a touchdown. It's a six-point game at half. Like, you just, you, you can't do that shit. It makes no sense to get cute with a fullback dive with CJ Ham when you've got Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Um, but no, I was very happy with this. Like I said, it's uh, it's only building up the hope for what inevitably is is going to be the end. Um, also, Devontae Adams, dude has 12 career touchdowns against the Vikings. Absolutely destroys the Vikings every single time he plays them, and it's so annoying to watch because I know what's coming every time. I'm like, oh, he's going to burn our corners. Who cares? But yeah, go Vikings. At least, at least you're, at least you're accepting of it. At least you know it's coming. I just oh, yeah. like it's so weird because like everyone that I talk football with is like relatively big fans of Rogers. So like to see someone that like just hates his guts, like you do, it's weird to me. Because uh, I'm also a big Rogers fan. Like man, man needs a haircut, bro. He is looking. <laughs> rough around the edges also he hurt his toe this game i know it was hurt and then he re-injured in this game so i'm kind of wondering it was what a that worse does version of toe of turf toe yeah that's that's not turf good toe usually is like a two to three week injury if not right more. that's what i'm saying like that's not good for the packers and here in the next couple weeks not exactly someone that needs that not, not exactly someone who needs his toes but you know it, you don't want to have to deal with that discomfort all game but right. really quickly, unbiased opinion with everything that's going on with our top candidates, is Kirk Cousins in the top five MVP race? Man, I don't think so, because here's why. You've got, I mean, Lamar's been out sick. Probably Brady's still up there. I know Stafford's been struggling a little bit lately. I'd probably still put Stafford up there. Kyler's been hurt. Um that's why I'm saying, like, a lot of our Josh Allen's been struggling Herbert, recently. Like, Herbert, a lot of these, I, I probably still put, in there. I probably put Herbert over him. St- Stafford's going to find a really hard time getting into my top five until he turns it around. He has played two absolutely terrible games back-to-back. Yeah, I mean, Dak was up there, then he laid an egg. Mahomes, maybe. Um, the other person that, like, uh, Josh Allen's been laying an egg the past couple weeks uh, – I know we'll get to him later, but like I think Jonathan Taylor might be ahead of Kirk Cousins in that race. Wow, really? Yeah, I, that guy is on another level right now. Oh well, he's he's ridiculous right now. But man, Kirk Cousins, I feel like 
getting 21 touchdowns, two picks. And like I saw a meme and it's like when you have 21 touchdowns and two picks, but no one cares because you're Kirk Cousins. And yeah, that's but it's like representative. But like Jaden, like you saw the end of that Vikings Packers game and that should have been a pick to Savage. Like oh, yeah. that should have been a pick oh, yeah. and then the Packers should have kicked a field goal. And then what are we talking about? You know, then we're talking. Well, that's because about- he's wearing a he's wearing a Vikings jersey. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of it. I mean, I guess, but you know, we're talking about <laughs> the Packers winning that game with the Vikings once again blowing a lead of, I think they had like a 16, 16 point lead at some point in that game. So like, oh, and also another missed extra point by Joseph. Like this happens all. The, and I was texting my buddy, and he was like, "This extra point is going to come back to bite us in the ass," and it almost did. Uh, luckily, we got the two point conversion with Dalvin Cook, but like that could have been a, a Arizona Cardinals game all over again, missing the extra point. And, and it costing us the win. Like, this is the whole kicker situation, too. Kicker's offensive line. It's two things the Vikings can never figure out is, is the special teams and the offensive line. But, I mean, I, I love Kirk. Don't get me wrong. But, like I said, one couple inches away in this whole Kirk Cousins MVP talk isn't even there. And that's, you know, I understand I, that's that's the NFL in a nutshell. But the guy just struggles in clutch moments. and I And it's so hard for me to get it out of my mind. I mean, losing to Cooper Rush on Sunday Night Football is just something that is still embedded in my mind, and I, I can't get over that. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I That's a very good argument, losing to Cooper Rush. Keeps most people out of an MVP race. Um, I mean, you win, that, you win that You win that. game, you're game and a half, two games behind the Packers, and still one game to play them. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I mean there's so many freaking games I can look back on this Viking season and say that. The Cardinals game, that game, the Ravens game, it's – so many, so every many loss, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Every loss pretty much. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into the other guy that you've talked about for MVP, Jonathan Taylor. What the hell happened in Buffalo for a defense that had been being talked about as like one of the best in the league for the first half of the season uh, allows 32 carries, 185 yards, four rushing touchdowns, three catches, 19 yards, and another in, in the air a guy in my league had jonathan taylor this week and lost how well well he has did he face eckler he has cooper cup um amari cooper calvin ridley jamar chase who did nothing he had elijah mitchell who didn't play kamara who didn't play so he ran out jeff wilson and cole beasley who scored like a combined nine points yeah, it's rough. Um, and Josh Allen also played awful. Uh, so, yeah, he ended up losing that. I don't know how you – like, Mitchell has Eckler, and granted he has Herbert and Keenan Allen too. He scored 190, so he, yeah. he won pretty handsomely. Um, but that was a ridiculous performance. And like you said, I mean, he's making a conversation. Like, there's a conversation for him to be in the MVP. I can't buy it because I will never see a running back winning the MVP for – probably the next 25 years until like, okay, maybe that's a stretch, but just like, it's really hard to win it from that position right now. And I know you're can be super important to your team, but I think there's a conversation that like the Colts could make things work without Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Cause their line is so good powered with yeah. like Quentin Nelson. Like, like-, t- like when, when Henry was in that conversation, it's like, okay, I get this because their whole offense is predicated around running the play actually through Henry, that offensive line, is okay above average but not fantastic like the Colts is 
Right. So like you put multiple, I mean, you look at how they've been doing with the granted they're borderline practice squad players at this point, McNichols and Foreman, and they're, they're not doing anything. And right. like you put Naeem Hines or Marlon Mack in Indianapolis and instead of Jonathan Taylor, I don't think they're doing what he's doing, but they're definitely not shooting him in the foot. Like, you know, maybe Foreman or Peterson or McNichols or whoever the health types are playing at this point. Um, but so, I mean, think about this. Think about this. This guy has 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. This was his eighth consecutive game, which is tied for the NFL record with some guy named Liddell Mitchell and LT. I mean, that's unprecedented territory to be in. 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown in eight straight games. It's absolutely ridiculous. First player since Kamara to score five touchdowns. Um, I, I just, I, I do agree with you where. Yes, the offensive line has a very big impact on the running back success, but at the same time, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, oh, no, the guy is just fantastic. absolutely balling out right now. And I know that, like Derrick Henry, it would have been crazy if Derrick Henry didn't get injured to see where these two would be from a not only fantasy perspective but just top running back in the league because he finally overtook Henry uh, for the rushing lead this past week. That's just that's ridiculous. Derrick and he Henry's also. I know he also took over uh, James Conner for most rushing touchdowns in the league. <gasps> James Conner's not leading the league in rushing touchdowns anymore. This is a weird Yeah, he's world got uh, Jonathan Taylor has 14, and I think James Conner has yeah. 12. Yeah. Wasn't that Alvin Kamara game against the uh, Vikings on Christmas uh, yeah, Day? Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Oh, Maryland also lost to Purdue that day in basketball. That was a great day. Oh, yeah. I bet you were, I bet you had a lot of alcohol in your system there, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. a little. Just a little, uh, little whiskey. Yeah. So the Colts, I mean, they're winners. I mean, they're what five and five now? I think five, six and five. They have a bye um, in week fourteen, which yes, is why I, I told my friend who lost to trade Jonathan Taylor, which he's probably glad he didn't do. But you know, a bye in week fourteen. If you've got Jonathan Taylor, and maybe you can try and work your way into. Calf or something it really sucks if you have your best player not playing the week before fans playoff start just saying um could they make a run of this division title with the titans losing to the texans on sunday you know i was thinking that and i mean yes they can make a run um but the titans still have the jags and the texans and the dolphins left on their schedule and the titans also have they've beaten the Colts twice. So they have that tiebreaker already over the Colts. So let's say the Titans lose to the Patriots on this Sunday. So that puts the Titans at eight and four, the Colts at uh, if they were to win at seven and five, I believe. So, well, the Colts play the Bucks this week. That's, that's an absolute dandy of a game, by the way, I can't wait for that game. I, I just, their schedule is a little bit more difficult than the Titans. I think, even though that they're the better team, I still think the Titans have built up enough cushion that they're going to, they're going to back their way into the, into winning that division when it's all said and done. Interesting. I mean, I, the way that the Colts are playing right now and the way that the Titans are playing and the way that both of these teams are trending, I definitely think a Colts division title is possible. Um, They've got so the Colts have the Colts have the Bucks this week, and then they've got at the Texans, Patriots, at the Cardinals, Raiders, Jags, uh, in Jacksonville. So they've got at the Jags, at Houston, and Raiders, which all they'll be favored in all those games. And then they've got at Arizona, Patriots in Indy, and Tampa in Indy. 
So, I mean, three and three is definitely in the realm, but you're going to have to go five and one in that span, if not six and oh, to win that division. I mean, if the Titans keep dropping, like, and I know right. it's one week and I might be overreacting a little bit, but I mean, there's also in a monsoon. Yeah. But, well, I get, but it's not even like the Texans were like running the ball fantastic. I believe I heard something today with Burkhead and David Johnson combined for like, 31 carries and like 48 yards or something awful like that. Yeah. I mean, Tannehill turned it over three times, I think. Oh, he he had four picks. There you go. And they also had a a punt that hit the dude's foot as he was trying to run away from it on the five yard line, which gave Texans the ball on the five yard line. So like (laughs) how many times is that going to happen again? I don't know. Maybe it is a sign of things to come or is it just, in my opinion, just one bad game that all, comprised into one or a bunch of bad games that all comprised in one all those mistakes finally coming back to even it out with the titans but i i just like i said i think that the the cushion that this team has built up is just it's too much to overcome if they had split with the titans the colts it would be a different story but the fact that the titans have beaten them twice i can't see them overcoming that yeah that's really tough um so i guess we'll move on to the bills they, I, I can't, I can't get a read on the Bills at all. They might be one of the hardest to rank teams in the NFL right now. Josh Allen, two hundred nine, two touchdowns, two picks, and a fumble. Stephon Diggs gets some crazy touchdown deodorant. Four catches for twenty three yards, but he gets two touchdowns, which probably saved your fantasy day. Um, the Bills have lost two of their last three, and it doesn't look like they have any consistency on either side of the ball. And with the Patriots looking the way that they're looking, the AFC being as stacked as it is, are the Bills still a lock to make the playoffs? Um, a lock to make the playoffs? Probably. Just because I don't – their flaws I don't think are as bad as some of the other teams' flaws. Um, let's see. They've got at the Saints, Patriots in, in Buffalo. they got Patriots twice at the Bucks. And then they got Jets, Falcons, and Panthers as well. All at all yeah, in think, Buffalo. So I think that the I yeah, think, think they win the all three. Playing, of them. They could they could definitely drop a Jets, Falcons, or Panthers game. Yeah, the only thing is that, that all three of those games are in Buffalo. I know that they just got demolished in Buffalo oh, yeah. by the Colts, but like I, I would trust in December and January in that weather in Buffalo, I'll take especially Falcons, Dome team, Panthers, somewhat warm weather team, uh, and yeah. the Jets are the Jets. Um I would trust I would trust them to win all three of those games, which puts them what are they six and five right now? So that gives them nine wins. So looking at nine and eight. Man, I don't know about lock. I would say it's more than likely, but I wouldn't say it's a lock by any means. And I don't. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago that I didn't think that they were going to win the division. And some people were like, "What? You don't think they're going to win the?" Like, come on, the Bills are definitely going to win this division. I said, no, I, I, I felt like the Patriots were, were coming along right at the right time. And here we are, you know, four, three, four weeks later after I said that. And I think it's Patriots are probably favored to win this division right now over the Bills, which is incredible to think about. Also, you know, Josh Allen is 17 and 17 in his career, including 0 and 2 in the postseason when he has uh, at least one turnover. Hmm. Sure. So the key, to stopping, the key to stopping he- the Bills is getting him to turn over Colts also 12th straight game with the takeaway. He picks and chooses when he wants to play. Well, I don't get it. Like, it just feels like at any point he's got the arm talent. He's got the mobility. He's got it all to just be a top two to three quarterback in the NFL. And then it's just like, 
where the hell is that? Like on a week to week basis, he could be. I agree. Home. It's almost like, oh, I got it. Like the Jets game is like, oh, my back's against the wall. Like I have to win this game. So they did. And then I was like, OK, like should win this game. But like if we don't, we're still OK. So they lost it. Jags, same thing. Um, it's just it. It aggravates me, too, because I see him with so much talent at times. And maybe mm-hmm. it's the play calling. You know, I, I think it's Brian Dable that's there. Maybe it's maybe that's the, the concern with with the Bills right now. Um, but there's definitely a lot of growing pains. There's a lot of things going wrong with this, not only defense, because that just got shredded, but the offense, too, just doesn't look yeah, I just... What, what, what you would presume it to be. And this is such a big year for Josh Allen and this Bills team because it's like, hey, we made the AFC Championship last year. Like, I mean, there were a lot of people that looked at this team as the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC. You know, toss up between them and the Chiefs. And here we are where not only they might not win the division, they might not make the damn playoffs if they keep going on this trend. You're right. Yeah. And like this was like Josh Allen was one of the MVP favorites. Like, yep. Especially after the year he had last year and a year in which Rodgers doesn't go nuts, he probably does win MVP last year. And now they're just like, what? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't get it. Well, but let me, let me ask you this. Like, where do you see this team at, like at the season's end? Where do you see this team? You know, whether it be not making the playoffs, lose the first round, second round, third or championship, Super Bowl. Like, where, where do you see this team? I wouldn't even say ceiling or, or floor. I would say, you know, your realistic prediction. Well, okay. So I'm going to start with the fact that I do think they make the playoffs. I think that they, you know, they figure some of the stuff out and they, some of these teams that like, cause I mean, like we've talked about, the AFC has like 10 to 11 legit playoff contenders. And some of those are going to get, you know, moved out, whether it be to injuries or just not playing as well as they had been. So I think they move themselves up that way. And they're just too good of a team to not make the playoffs. And I I do think that Josh Allen can get up for at least one playoff game. But if they play, if they're a wild card, they're going to be the lowest seed, which means that if they win their first wild card game, in all likelihood, they're going to face the top seed, which could very well be the Kansas City Chiefs. And we've kind of seen that matchup happen before. And I just think that the Chiefs are going to out-offense the Bills if they if that were to happen. And I'm speaking very hypothetically here. We're in week 12 talking about what happens if this team plays this team in the playoffs. But man, it's just, I don't know. Like, if you're the Bills, I mean, you're not regretting giving Josh Allen $250 million. But, like, you you give him that money because he can carry your offense. And he's, like, this is the pretty much the exact same offense from last year. Like, all the receiving threats are the same. Running backs are pretty much the same. Their running back is their running game is completely dead. Oh, it's like, non-existent. It's, over. it's not there. It's over. I mean, Zach Moss, I think, had three carries for a yard. Singletary gets like 17. Brita, yeah. like 30. Like it was awful. Like Josh Allen is almost inarguably their best running back at this point. He is. He is. I, I think that it, it's it's the constant like you're going to dick around and fuck around. That's fine in the regular season, but you better make the damn playoffs. And you, and if you're going to do that in the regular season, then you got to produce in the playoffs. And you look at the teams that could possibly be that one seed. Uh, you know, the Titans already beat them once this year, but outside of the Titans, you've got the Chiefs. We know what the history there is, you know, going to Arrowhead, lost in the championship last year, and you already beat the Chiefs once, once this year. So you know that they're going to be out for revenge if you play them again, especially in Arrowhead. You've got the Ravens. Uh, you beat the Ravens in the playoffs last year, so you know they're going to be out for revenge. You know they're going to want to take your ass down, especially with that home crowd. You know M&T Bank would be rocking if, if that was the case. And then the other team, 
is the Patriots. And we know how Bill Belichick is, and we know how Bill Belichick is in the playoffs. So those three teams, like I said, outside of the Titans, those three teams, I think, give the Bills enormous problems. And I don't see the Bills right now where they are. I don't see them even coming close in either of those three games, uh, yet alone winning them. So I, I there, there's immense problems right now in Buffalo, and they've got to get this straight because – yeah, we talked about their schedule, you know, with games against the Panthers, Bills, and Jets, or Panthers, Bills, and Jets, Panthers, Falcons, and Jets. But if they don't clean it up, like you said, they could drop one, two. I mean, do they drop all three? Who knows? This It could tumble and spiral out of control if they don't get it together quickly, for sure. And it starts on Thanksgiving against the Saints. Yeah, and I mean, that's not going to be an easy game to play. Any, I mean, the Saints' defense is very good, and they could very well throw some problems at Josh Allen, especially a Josh Allen that's not doing so well right now. Uh, so let's just hit some of our not headliner games. Uh, football team beats the Panthers. Football team's winners are two straight. They win 27 to 21 over the Panthers. Kane got to be riding high right now, man. Two straight wins. I don't, I, I can't even imagine who he could have been rooting for because he's obviously a huge Cam guy. So, like, you, you, uh, you beat the Panthers and Cam, and then you look wrong about Cam and Panthers win and you know your team loses. Uh, Where, where's, Ravens, where's Washington now? Are they like four and six, four and five? Four, should be four and six, yeah. Four and six, yeah. Four so like, six. I mean, they're. Game, I mean, I wouldn't say game out of a wild, wide open. They're game out of the wild, but like, too. yeah. I mean, they're not out of it, but like, <laughs> the fact that another team from their division is now emerging as like this team could definitely be in the wild card. Like, I mean. It's it's really really thick in the NFC. It the is. only team that I know is not making that wild card spot is the Detroit Lions. Yep. Uh, and the other team that probably won't get it is in our next game: Ravens sixteen, Bears thirteen. How do you lose this game, Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears? How do you lose this game? You're, You're winning. You were given a with, gift with the I Darnell know, Mooney th- touchdown. And, or and good one, even good worse one, good than one. that. Tyler Huntley on like the first play of that final drive throws a pick right to his hands. A it goes right through his hands and defensive pass interference. They're right up at the 30. And then they Sammy Watkins wide open for to put him inside the foot. How do you lose this game, bro? I'm like sitting there watching it like how? I mean, Chicago Bears. Uh uh. Well, that's why they game. are that's why they're the Bears, and that's why their record is where they are, because yeah, they, I mean, they they find a way to it's such a common saying, Oh, we found a way to lose, but it's true. Like you literally did what you needed to do to lose that game. Also, Justin Fields left this game. Uh, They didn't, I believe they said no broken ribs, but it was a rib injury. I'd imagine it's like bruised ribs or something like that. So I'd imagine Andy Dalton plays Thursday on Thanksgiving. Uh, Next game, lions, 10 Browns, 13. Uh, I I didn't watch this game. I don't think there's anything to say. It, it just shows I, I know Baker's a little hurt. I know he's dealing with injuries, but it just shows that this Browns team, it's just it's not what we perceived. You know, a lot of people thought this Browns team was going to be contending for a Super Bowl right there at the top of the AFC. One of the best teams, not only in their division, but in the entire conference. And you go and you let the Lions hang around and you never really put them away i know i think it was the one drive swift had two runs that that scored a touchdown it was just like a 30 yard run and then a 40 yard run and it's just like oh shit the lions are only down three in this game and it i get that it's the nfl but like at some point in time this browns team has got to turn a corner and i don't see them doing it with baker mayfield and i think i want to 
I can't remember who brought it up as far as like Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield, who you given the big contract yeah. to and shit, neither right now I'd use that money elsewhere for sure. And I, I would maybe go and get a quarterback in this draft. I don't know. I probably wouldn't. What about like a Russell Wilson to the Browns? Jesus Christ. Oh my God. I would be so pissed. So pissed. I was thinking about that today. Would, the only way I would not be pissed about that is if we got Aaron Rodgers, I'd be fine. Right. I'd be fine with anything if we got Aaron Rodgers. But well, what if what if you I'd threw Aaron Rodgers there too? I mean, the, I'd kill myself. There, there are no. <laughs> I would be so happy. Um, there would, there, there's no legitimate weapons there. You know, the wide receivers are are. are it's it's got to be one of the worst wide receiver cores in the entire NFL. I mean, I know Donovan Peoples Jones was out this week, but like him, Jarvis Landry, and Anthony Rashard Schwartz, Rashard Higgins, like. It's not great, and I don't care who your quarterback is. Even if it is Rodgers, you got to get better wide receivers. So that'll be interesting to see what the Browns will do. But, yeah, I mean, this game, there wasn't much going on besides that fact that, like, this is a team that might make the playoffs, and they're struggling with the Lions. And I know the Steelers did, but the Steelers also didn't have their starting quarterback. So sorry to bring that back up. But I will say that, that Mason Rudolph started that game, not Big Ben. So. I, I just I, I don't have any trust in Baker. I don't have any trust in this Browns team whatsoever. And I think it's time to really consider Case Keenum. Wow. And I, like I remember uh, we did an episode a couple of weeks ago and like Kane did the notes for it. And he was like, is it time for Case Keenum? And I was like, three weeks ago, you were saying uh, Baker's a borderline top 10 quarterback. And now you're calling for his job at the hands of Case Keenum. And now that's a possibility. Like it's crazy, crazy how bad Odell really played last week right like he was such a problem in that browns game right he's the problem in cleveland i mean they, that first week after they traded him they went out and beat the piss out of the uh Bengals, and then they yeah. got smoked by the patriots and then this week happened so i don't know what to think of this team other than they're probably right in the middle of the pack of the that yeah five and five six and four <laughs> afc teams that they're all right there together welcome to the afc Seriously. Uh, welcome to football. Be... It seems like there's like 20 teams that are between six and four and four and six. Like it's crazy. Three it's quarters of the league. Like, it's ridiculous. This last month for survivor pools has oh. been absolutely awful. Because there has been at least one like top three pick team beat a Super Bowl contender every single week for the last month. Ever since Halloween. Pretty much since yeah, Halloween, it's, been, it's been absolute chaos. There's been so much parody in the NFL, and it's it's great to see, but it's just like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, my survivor pool got ruined with the, the Cowboys losing to the Broncos. Like, that was a game. My girlfriend got eliminated because the Bengals lost to the Jets. Like, just crazy games that have happened for this to happen. I mean, Bills lose to the Jags. All these games that have happened. Texans, so Titans. Yeah, I mean, that was one this week for sure that, that people thought, oh, yeah, that's, you know, come on, Titans are going to win this game. But Texans more weeks than not should lose um another team that more weeks than not should lose 40 or ah fuck not the 49ers the jags uh at home play the 49ers the 49ers ran the piss out of the ball in this game i think they ran the ball like 46 times like something nuts um they win though 30 to 10 no elijah mitchell in this one so jeff wilson gets the rb1 duties he does fine uh on the next game Got Real quick, 49ers back-to-back 30-point games coming on strong here, right in that mm-hmm. NFC wild card mix. Inserting themselves right into mediocrity in the NFC. Yep. Go, go Niners. Um, Dolphins, Jets, what a 
fucking stinker. Why, why, why did the NFL do this? Why did they even schedule this to happen? Just give them both a tie on their record and just move on. Uh, Dolphins win their 24 to 17. Saints, Eagles, man. Saints, 29, Eagles, 40. The Eagles are really coming on, man. Jalen Hurts just, is... Yes, but I also don't think the Saints defense is as good as what we thought. Like, maybe it was yeah, just a bad week. definitely struggled the last couple weeks. Maybe maybe it was just, you know, this week. But I do, this is not the same Saints defense that I saw in previous years and in the first half of this season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kudos to the Eagles. You know, I've ripped on them. I never was a firm believer in uh, Jalen Hurts. I was not a firm believer in Nick Sirianni. Yeah, and, you know, the, the judge is still out there. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I haven't been a fan of their running game. I wasn't even a fan of their entire personnel from, from a team standpoint. I thought this was on paper going to be a bottom five, bottom seven team in the NFL. I was not very confident in the Eagles going into the season. I thought they were going to finish last in their division, but like kudos to them because they've turned it around and inserted themselves right into mediocrity and which is the NFL. So they're right there in the thick of this NFC race. And yeah, they've got a very favorable schedule down the stretch. Um, they face they the divisional games, right? They, they face the giants, jets, Washington, giants, Washington, Cowboys. So they play the giants twice, Washington, twice the jets and the Cowboys. So Eagles are not completely out of this playoff Dale race Hurts. whatsoever. Also, the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. Okay, where is he in your MVP race? Oh, very. I mean, fantasy-wise, he's fantastic because, like, he had three rushing touchdowns on Sunday. Like, he's great. Um, But with a five and six team and him not being very good at actually throwing the ball, like, he's been good enough. He's been serviceable. It's really hard for me to even put him above, like, he's, he's way below Kirk Cousins, Jonathan Taylor, like all those guys. Like he's okay. Just just I, wanted to throw it out there. I, I probably he, but he definitely on that 10-11 range. He, if he if they really kick it on and like make a run at the Cowboys for this division and he plays well while doing it. I mean look at the weapons that he has on offense. He's running out Jordan Howard, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. I mean that's not the greatest of weapons on the planet. Wes Watkins. Yeah. Yeah. The defense isn't stellar either. Goddard looks good after signing that big deal, but um, yeah, yeah, I think the Eagles have they've got a good shot. I they've think they've got a better the shot. Crazy too, like they I know. they're having like thirty plus carry games, running back carries anyway. Uh, after like having like them being in the teens, low teens the first couple weeks, now they're like thirty, almost forty carries a game since I believe it's actually since Miles Sanders Miles Sanders got hurt uh, that they've started just running the ball a whole bunch and it's working. So kudos to them. Uh, Texans 22 Titans 13. We've talked about this multiple points throughout this podcast. Uh, I'm not like rubbing it in your face. Cause like you said, like you, you said that when the Titans lose, you're going to bring them down, but feels good to somewhat be right about this team. Like they are not as good as people have been making them out to be. Um, I think also, yeah, worst team in football. I think that's the other thing is like, they lost to the Texans. Like if they had lost next week and it was like by a field goal at the Patriots, yeah. That might be a different story, but losing in the – and it's not even that they lost. They lost not only by nine, um, but they were down like 19 nothing in this game. Like, it was never really close. I think it got to 19-13, yeah. but for the most part – And I know it was Texas like a monsoon. Had this game. 
Right. I know it was a monsoon, but Tannehill still had four picks. And, like, he is not the guy you want when you're losing. Like, yeah. he is, like, bottom half quarterback at that point. Like, no, I think Belichick's going to have a field day with him this, oh, this yeah. upcoming He's, week. That, and that's why I'm saying, man, these Titans are going to be looking real bleak after this next week because Belichick, like you said, is going to have a field day, and that's going to be two straight losses for a team that, you know, was the one seed just two weeks prior to that at that point. Right. Uh, next game, Bengals 32, Raiders 13. I didn't get to catch a whole lot of this game, but, you know, Bengals and the Raiders are both stuck in that middle of the AFC. I think the Bengals have put themselves in front of the Raiders, but you know, it's anybody's it's anybody's race in the AFC. Yeah, I watched uh, Car- I, I watched a little bit of this game. Um, I mean, it was close late, and then the Bengals I think got a pick or pick six or something, and kind of blew it away. Um, I mean, they were in control. I think it was like 10-6 at half, and they were mostly in control of this entire game. Um, it, it, you know, they're right there with the, the rest of that grouping in the not only AFC, but NFC as well, just the NFL as a whole, that group of mediocrity. But I think that the Bengals can definitely make a push at the uh, at the playoffs here. I think Raiders are probably done now. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really tough for them just because now that the Chiefs have clicked uh, and the Chargers are, you know, also going to almost surely be in the playoffs. There are so many teams that are in it. I just don't think the Raiders have enough. That was one of my criticisms of them in before the season started that they just don't have enough roster talent and they were overachieving right. like crazy to start the season. So then everybody had amazingly high expectations for them. And then everything that's happened off the field just piles onto that. All right. So next game or last game, anyway, Cardinals 23 Seahawks 13. I just, I don't know how you lose this game. If you're Seattle, I talked about it in the preview podcast. I mean, this is as close to a must win as it gets in week 12 or week 11. You are, reeling right now after getting russell wilson back for the this is your second game back with him and you go out and you lose to colt mccoy like this is a season saving win that you could have had and you don't get it against a division rival at home i mean this is like franchise altering loss here because this this almost effectively ends your season and if you are if your season is over in week 11 with russell wilson at quarterback that does not mean good things for russell wilson or pete carroll so, uh, not good. Yeah, Colt McCoy's now uh, won back to back. He's two and zero in his last two games, starting at Seattle. He won uh, last year, two years ago, with the Giants there. Um, so good on Colt McCoy. But dude, the Seahawks scored a touchdown in garbage time. That was their first touchdown since Halloween. Like almost a month has gone by since the Seahawks had a touchdown, which is absolutely ridiculous with an offense with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I know Chris Carson's been hurt, but like still one touchdown and it happened in garbage time. I, the, the season's done for the Seahawks um, and they don't have a first round pick, so they can't really play for the draft pick. So a lot of, lot of question marks going into the offseason with the Seahawks. I'm not confident with them whatsoever. That is, yeah, I, I like – I didn't think I'd be worried about like where the Seahawks are picking right now, but I, I actually saw that they're picking at five if the season ends today and they're not going to have that pick because they're paying a box safety $70 million. Yeah. So they, they do have a favorable schedule down the stretch, but like they would have to go like six and one or seven and a to make the playoffs oh, yeah. because if you, and, they, and what are got, they three and seven right now? Yeah. Yeah. So they'd have to, if they go seven and oh, there's still 10 and, 10 and seven that might get them in six and one 
98. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It would be close, but I don't. I don't see why for them to against get them. the Cardinals and one against the Rams too. Yeah, so, not good. And you can't just like you said, you can't just shut Russell Wilson down because there's it doesn't matter. Like you're playing for second round picks at this point. Yep. Um. Yeah, not good. So that is our last of week 11, which would take us to game balls. Uh, I'll just go ahead and hand it to you. Who is your game ball for week 11? Yeah, I mean, we've been ragging on this guy. Like, I, I know I have. I was not a firm believer in this guy going into this season. But Jalen Hurts, man, guy had three rushing touchdowns, propelled the Eagles to another win. He's almost single-handedly just carrying this offense to wins. And, uh, you know, kudos to him. Kudos to Sirianni. They're playing to his strengths. You know, I know he doesn't have a lot of, um, you know, uh, I guess – throwing capabilities you know they they understand his limits within the passing game he only had 147 yards on 13 of 24 passing but you know you incorporate that rushing ability and i, I know it's it's josh allen esque lamar jackson esque in that regard so uh this is a guy that i think he's got a very bright future in this league one that you know this season was was kind of a make it or break it season for him and he's definitely making it and then some so big time kudos to him he is 890 yard rush 890 rush yards in his first 15 career starts. Uh, the only quarterback with more in his first 15 starts, Mr. Lamar Jackson with 1,193. So uh, rare category for uh, Jalen Hurts to put him in, but big kudos to him. And I'm interested to see what the rest of the season and the rest of his career is going to hold. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I will hit on, or I will, my game ball will go to, Another young quarterback, I hate to do it after he beats my Steelers, but it's got to be Justin Herbert, dude. And he he's breaking out as a rusher. I mean, nine, 90 yards? Like, and they, it, it wasn't anything impressive at all, but it just felt like he was, like, looking at, like, 25 yards of space, like, multiple times. I'm like, what are you doing, guys? But he finished with four total touchdowns. He looks like he's I've, – I've talked about it, man. He is a generational quarterback talent. Like, he's got it all. And, like – it's crazy to think about, but he might be what everyone thought Josh Allen was. Like he's got all the arm talent in the world, might need to catch up a little bit processing, but he's huge, got all the arm talent, make can make every throw, ball just zips out of his hand. Like, and he's got arguably a better offense around him with, you know, Eckler being able to catch out of the backfield, which is huge. They've got Rashawn Slater, who looks like a franchise left tackle. You've got Keenan Allen, I know Mike Williams has got an expiring contract and he's going to want big money after the season that he's had. I hope for Justin Herbert and the Chargers sake that they don't give it to him, but man, like, you know, he could really like, I've said it, he could be the best quarterback in the league in one to two years and he played great against. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if Herbert continues on this trend, like as long as he doesn't have one of these bad weeks or, you know, knock on wood, I mean, fingers crossed, I'd never hope for this on any quarterback but like as long as he stays healthy too like yeah he could he could win this mvp this year because it's totally up for grabs mm -hmm. and if he propels this team not only to a division uh championship obviously a playoff berth as well then like yeah it's it herbert's definitely right there in the running for this mvp yeah i, I mean there's like at this point there's a realistic chance that if you have a good like if you've had a solid season if you're like one of those eight to ten guys that have been in and out of the conversation if you have a good week 17 and a good week 18 you win mvp because that's just how crazy it's been this year like it's been everybody's been moving around i don't think anyone's had a consensus number one mvp for more than two weeks in a row like it's just been all over the place so herbert could 
100% make his way into this conversation. All right. Well, we got three Thursday games to cover. We got Thanksgiving games. Uh, this first one sucks, to be frank. Bears-Lions. I, I just wish that, like, I know that there's, like, history behind it. And that's why the Lions play on Thanksgiving every year. But every year it's just like, okay, who are the Lions going to lose to on Thanksgiving? Like, and they're, and we don't even get to watch Matt Stafford anymore. Like it's Tim Boyle this week playing Andy Dalton for God's sakes. Um, I don't, I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Bears minus three and a half. Uh, I'd, I mean, I'd imagine that's taking into account Justin Fields not playing, but it's in Detroit. Bears minus three and a half. Bears money line is minus 200 lines plus 160. What do you got on this game? Yeah, man. Lions, they're going to get their first win of the year. Get ready. It's it's coming. This is it. Tim Boyle, Dan Campbell, they're going to propel this team. No, DeAndre Swift, I think, is, is going to have a huge game in this game. And I think that, yeah, I think that this is going to be the Lions first, maybe only, but definitely first win of the year. I the Bears are just heading in the wrong direction. I told you, I don't think that they'll fire Matt Nagy at least yet. I think it might happen at the end of the season. Um, but the Bears, they're all dysfunctional. At least the Lions can show heart. They're so close, man. They're so freaking close to getting a win. And I think that this is finally the week that it happens. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it before we started. But I, there's this has to be, if they lose this game, this has to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like, you lose – to a winless team in week 12. How do so you, like, the Bears with Nagy? Yeah. How do you keep your job after that? And I know you don't have your rookie quarterback, but I mean, playing like in a one game scenario, how much better is Justin Fields than Andy Dalton? Like, you know, you're not losing that much. But yeah, I mean, it comes down to the coach at this point. Like, I'm, I've, I, I've never been a Matt Nagy believer. I know the double doink season, they were supposed to be really good and they were good. The defense was filthy, but like this offense. And Khalil man, Mack just got shut down for the season. Right. I mean, this so, offense ever since, I mean, I know that the whole Trubisky was supposed to be the guy is just something that set this offense back multiple years. And they got, in my opinion, pretty lucky with the Justin Fields situation because I think Justin Fields is a franchise quarterback. Um, but I just, I don't, Unfortunately for Justin Fields, he's got Matt Nagy as his head coach. And until you get rid of the coach and switch it up, the, the quarterback situation is not going to matter. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be with you on this one. I'm down for getting Swifty. I've got him in two leagues. So, I mean, let's let's go DeAndre Swift. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'm going to take the lines on both in this one. I don't – I just – I don't know. I don't trust Andy Dalton, but I trust Tim Boyle. Just I'm going to stop thinking about it. Just give me the lines. Give me Dan Campbell. Over Matt Nagy, I think Dan Campbell 100% wins in a wrestling match. So I'm taking the lines in this game. Uh, next up, we have the Raiders and the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys obviously coming off that loss. Raiders also coming off a loss. We've talked about it earlier. Amari Cooper is going 100% going to be out for this game with COVID. CeeDee Lamb's status is still up in the air, but on a short week, I'd imagine that he doesn't play. The Raiders have had their multitude of issues this season. but even with all the injuries from Dallas, they are favored minus six and a half. Raiders are plus 250. Cowboys are minus 320. What do you got in this one? Give me the Raiders. If CD's out, I'm taking the Raiders on the money line and the spread. Yeah, you heard that. I'm taking the Raiders on both. 
this is a team that has gone through enough crap this year. Derek Carr, lights on. I'll take Derek Carr in this game. I'll take a stab at the Raiders. Why not? Like, and that's the, their mindset's got to be from now on is okay. You know, the playoffs are there, but like, just start having the why not mindset, uh, especially in a game like this. And I just think that with Dallas's, I guess you can say deficiencies on offense. I don't trust them right now. I, I mean, all you gotta do is pack the box against Zeke. And then you're depending on Michael Gallup, Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson to beat you. I'll take the Raiders. Why not? I mean, I, I definitely think that spread shrinks a lot in the next couple of days. Um, Cowboys are, even though the Cowboys are at home, I still think it could very well make it down to like four, just especially once CD gets confirmed that he's out. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Raiders on both too. I have, I just have a weird feeling like Zeke struggled a lot last week. I've heard a lot of people like, dude, Tony Pollard runs like a damn horse. That one yep. run that he had where he busted it outside it looked like he was going to literally run through a brick wall. He runs so hard and so fast. I love it. Like there people have said a couple people that like with opinions that I respect have said that Zeke might not even be the best running back on the team anymore. Right. Like, I mean, a lot of Tony people have been talking about is that. Good. I know and they Zeke, were talking about Zeke that earlier in the Zeke, season. But, we, we were talking about that earlier in the season about, you know, is it time to to move on from Zeke and Tony put Tony Pollard in as the starting running back? And, like, I didn't think it would happen. But, like, yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard looks legit, man. He's got more to offer, I feel. Yeah, he just – he run, like, I love the way he runs. And, like, I remember Kane, and I think it was, like, after week two, was like, Zeke's going to be outside with a cardboard sign saying, I need a job. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe not that far because he is getting paid a lot of money by old Jerry. So I don't think they're going to bench him. However, yeah. I don't, I don't think that it hurts 50, 50 backfield. Yeah. I, I don't think it hurts Zeke as much as it helps Pollard. Like I think that this shows that Tony Pollard could be a starter in this league. And I think that it gives him the opportunity to get a starting position. Whereas I don't think this means that Zeke's going to be a backup in the league. If that makes sense. Oh no. Yeah. Well, I think that I don't know what Pollard's contract situation is, but I think a 50 50 snap share between the two of them not only helps them in the short term, but it prolongs their investment in Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, the less carries right. you give him, the more or the longer he's going to be productive for you. So, you know, you want to take care of him as much as you can. Uh, regardless of all that, I'm taking the Raiders on both. I just, I think they've got to turn it around at some point. I know that they're not the most talented team, but. Like you said, if they stack the box against Zeke, it's going to be really tough for them to create a whole lot of offense. Uh, and Dak's not exactly, you know, the guy that's going to make that happen. Uh, on to our next game, on to the last game of Thursday. Bills at Saints. Both these teams coming off of losses. The Bills getting pissed on by Jonathan Taylor. And Jalen Hurts running all over the Saints. Supposedly good running defense. Uh I don't know what my thoughts are on this game, honestly, because both of these teams are like teams that we thought were, you know, obvious playoff teams and they're reeling right now. So I don't know. Uh, Bills minus four and a half. You got the Bills on the spread is built. Yeah. We're going to start. We're going to cut that. Okay. Uh, on the spread, Bills minus four and a half. Bills money line is minus 210. Saints plus 170. 
Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, like you said, both these teams are struggling right now. They're both heading in downward trajectory, but I'll probably take the Bills on the money line, but the Saints on the spread. I'll take that field goal and what I think might – I think there's going to be some desperation by both teams shown in this game because, you know, this is your last game, I believe, in November. So after this, all the games will be in December and January, which is essentially playoff football at that point. Um, so I think that there's this, this is the last week. This is your, your, um, uh, I don't want to say your, your show date, but like, this is your tune up. This is your last tune up before the, the, the money stretch in the NFL. Um, and I think that both teams really need this win right now in the most desperate of ways. So, um, I'll take the bills on the money line, but give me the saints with the four and a half. So I've pretty much, I'm taking every underdog on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hey man, it's Thanksgiving. Anything can happen, right? Yep. Exactly. Uh, I am taking the bills on both. I think, like you said, both of these teams are going to be like, okay, we need to get our shit together. We need to pull together our best football right now because we're reeling and we're in a stacked conference. We're in a stacked league realistically where there's multiple teams with the same record as us that could, you know, end up edging us out in a playoff seating. And I just think when the bills give it their all, they have a whole lot more than the saints do right now. And I just I think if Josh Allen turns it on, which we all know he can, they're I just I think they're a much better football team than the Saints are. It's currently constructed. So and better quarterback play. I'd rather have a better quarterback. So give me the bills on both in this one. This this needs to be a statement game for Buffalo because the just realistically, the Bills have much more higher hopes than the Saints do right now. For sure. They're they're playing for, sure. for much more. So, yeah, that wraps it up for the podcast today. Uh, we still got the jersey giveaway going on on Instagram. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how many different ways Kane can market it. I can market it. I'm going to tell you it's a free jersey. It's free. You pick the team. You pick the player. It can be any team, any player. Uh, just tell your friends you got a, got a chance of winning it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like if I was in this running, which – you, you even got a better chance because us four can't win it. So that's a better chance than 100, or, or that's a better chance than 1%. So I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Get your friends to follow us. Get your friends to like the post. Simple, easy. Get yourself a free jersey. Amen, All right. brother. Well, I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so that's going to do it for this one. We will put another episode out wednesday or friday we're still like kind of up in there as far as that decision goes but we will get a preview in for week 12 at some point through before sunday so we will catch you guys on the next one peace